Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. In a series, just fixing this up, um, of relationships, and as Marty was preparing of what this um, series would look like, he was like, you know what, I don't want to do one week marriage, one week singleness, one week friendship, but we really wanted to go and speak about the basics and the foundations of relationships. If we don't have these basics and these foundations, then um, how can we outwork all of our different relationships? So last week, Marty um, launched on um, love which was awesome. Love is from God. God is love. Love is anchored to God. God is absolute. He is the definition of love. Our personal relationship with our living God will impact on how we have healthy relationships. First, we need to have a healthy relationship with God to have healthy relationships with others. Our key verse for this series is, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking at the interest of your own, but each of you to the interest of others. Today, we're going to be focusing on forgiveness. You may think, wow, love, forgiveness, like that's not really deep, that's just everyday words that we hear. But these basic, basic practices are actually so essential in how we live and do relationships. If we don't live these and act these out, as I said, our relationships can crumble. So I know in life there are many seasons of friendships, many seasons of those that come into our lives. Um, If you look at maybe your wedding photos, you will look at those people and be like, oh, I haven't been in touch with them for how many years? But at that time, those key friendships or relationships were essential to you. So there are seasons within our relationships. There's different seasons where you work. There's different seasons where you live. So sometimes our friendships, our relationships, they do change and that is okay. In the Bible, it shares that two are better than one. If one falls down, the other can lift them up. So life is not meant to be done alone. Imagine if life was by yourself. Um, It can be quite lonely and also says that you go a little bit strange. So in relationships are so important, there's some key things that we need to do to see our relationships grow. In life, can I tell you, People are going to hurt you. People are going to offend you. People are going to betray you and so on and so on. And this is what we're talking about today is about forgiveness. Forgiveness is serving. Forgiveness is releasing others and also yourself. Forgiveness is placing others higher than yourself. Timothy Keller, there's the quote on, um, on, the, on the screen behind us. It says this, and I just think it just sums it up so beautifully. On both a theological and practical level, forgiveness is at the very heart of what it means to be a Christian. True forgiveness comes at a cost and is pursued intentionally without, within a community of believers. One could argue that the biblical teaching on forgiveness and reconciliation is so radical that there are no cultures or society that are in accord with it. So when we're speaking on forgiveness, Jesus uses the image of debt 
where we repay a debt for the nature of our sins. When someone seriously wrongs you, has that ever happened in your life? Yes, it has happened in probably every single person's life here. But when someone seriously wrongs you, there's a feeling that that person owes you something. The wrong has incurred an obligation, a liability or a debt. Anyone who has been wronged feels this compulsion to make the other person pay back. So when we do that, we do that by hurting them. We do that by yelling at them. We do that by waiting and watching them to have a stumble or a fall. You know, like when you really want something bad to happen to them, but you're not saying it. Now there's no one in this place like that at all. But that is when we're, when we're not forgiving and when we're living in hurt. But what is forgiveness then? Forgiveness means giving up the right to seek repayment from the one who has harmed you. All right. So firstly, forgiveness is emotionally expensive. There's the blood, there's the sweat, there's the tears. If you are a crier or not, there are the tears. You refuse, and when you stand in a place that I am going to walk in the opposite spirit, you refuse to give the remarks back to the person that you think you have the rights to say. You're, you're the person that chooses not to have the last word. You're not dragging out the past over and over again. You're not avoiding them or being cold towards them. Or thinking yourself, which I like this one, that you're more righteous than them because you have forgiven them. That's not true forgiveness. Second, you don't disguise to others that you have forgiven them and you go around warning other people about them. You know this person, they hurt me, I'm just warning you, I have forgiven them, but I'm just letting you know, just be careful of them. Third, you don't play the scenario over and over and over and over in your mind, but rather you recognise that that person is a sinful person and I too am a sinful person and because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross I am forgiven and therefore I can forgive them now in saying all of this there are consequences to people's actions so please hear me right as well there are consequences to people's actions so I'm not saying that you forgive and everything goes back to being rosy again Potentially, yes, our relationships do change. If we live in courts and systems, they have to pay a price. But when you forgive, something happens inside of you and you release them and you discover a freedom. In Matthew 6, 15, it says this, if you do not forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. This does not mean we earn God's forgiveness through our own forgiving, because that will disqualify us. A lack of forgiveness towards others is the direct result of a lack of repentance towards God. Can I please have two volunteers? Please, I'm looking around. I know most people do not run to the front, so I'm just looking at people. All right, Graham, Lazarus, come and stand right here. Now you have a very important role up here. One, two. There are three pages worth of information or message that I am sharing. You have one task. Please do not distract. Do not pull any funny faces. Just stand there like a statue and look great. 
All right, here we go. I want you to hold your water above your head. It must stay in the same hand the whole time. Can you do that? Here we go. Just moving away. Yep, choose your strongest hand. Beautiful, beautiful. Here we go. Three pages, you can do it. Psalms 1 verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But those who delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day, the law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Even though we are in this world, we are not of this world. We don't act like people of this world because we are imitators of Jesus Christ. When the world and culture says to do this, not this, this, we do the opposite and we imitate Jesus Christ. See, Jesus was part of this world. He interacted, he communed, he ate with people of this world, but he didn't allow the culture of the world to influence him. Rather, he influenced and challenged the culture. In Psalms 1, each of these actions, so walk, which we shared about walk, stand and sit, is more intense than the former one. So these descriptions proceed from being casually influenced to cooperating and participating with others in their wickedness. See, Psalms 1 is opening up and summarising. We basically have two paths which we can take, the path of the righteous or the path of the wicked. Blessed actually in Psalms 1 means to be happy, happy. So let's look at walk. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. You know what, when we become Christians and we discover and know more about Jesus Christ, we're walking at a different rhythm and we're walking at a different pace to this world. But over time, maybe we get a bit familiar or we get accustomed to people and we start hearing voices and we start listening and we just start to walk slowly and we start to become in pace and in step with others. God has not called us to be of this world, in this world, but to be part of, anyway, let's keep moving on. We start not walking, we start walking at a different pace. So let's think about in our relationships, and today we're obviously relating this to forgiveness, but I think it applies to so much more. We have two paths to take. When someone is questioning things or asking things and in yourself you're like going through a different experience where someone has hurt you, you have two paths to take either to step in line with the rest of the world and not forgive or to pick up your pace and continue to follow and imitate Jesus Christ. The next progression is we are from um, walking and then we move to standing. It says, stand in the way that sinners take. A godly person does not do as other people do. Standing, you're walking, and then you come to a position of standing. When you're standing, you're in the environment a lot longer. You're pausing. You're taking more in. You're starting to listen to those voices. You're starting to be like, hmm, you're questioning what God has said. But when you're in the position of standing, you're there longer. And often in relation to unforgiveness or forgiveness and the ways of this world, if someone wrongs us, 
we start to take a bit of a tally and we start to remember the things and we start to play it over and over in our head. So we've gone from a position of walking and now we're in a little bit more just standing and in ourselves we're like, you know what, this happened to my friend so oh, maybe it's okay if I just ghost them or just ignore them or just, you know, have a bit of a cold shoulder to them. That's in ourselves when we see that progression of, okay, I've been hurt and I've been offended and we're in a position of just standing. And then we move along in the progression to sitting. So it says, sit, so do not sit in the company of mockers. So I have a chair here and you know what, you're all sitting in a chair right now and it gets a bit, it's like you get comfortable, don't you? You know, like when you're at home and you um, have your lounge, some of you might have recliners and you know, we're just sitting, just relaxing, you've got your coffee. But when we're in the position of sitting, it's harder for us to get out of. And when we're sitting, it's then we're starting to engage and we're starting to partake of the culture of this world. And God has not called us to sit, to stand, or just to walk in pace with others. He's called us to be an imitator of Jesus Christ. And so in our hearts, when the world is saying, hey, that person has wronged you, you know what, you should have got the job promotion. In yourself, when you're sitting and you're sitting back, yep, you know what, that's totally right. I'm going to go to work with a terrible attitude and I'm going to like do my worst job. But God has not called us to be those types of people. He has called us to live higher. He has called us to have a higher standard and to live in the opposite spirit. So be imitators of God, therefore, as a beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for for us as a fragrant sacrificial offering to God. To be the opposite spirit in this world is to forgive. How are you feeling, gentlemen? How's your arm? Sore, sore. Now, I chose intentionally two different sized um, vessels, vessels, um, objects, cups, vases. And the reason was, the reason being is that we're always going to get hurt and offended. Sometimes it's going to be of a smaller, you know, hurt or offence, and sometimes it's like, Pick heavy, that one, that's what you've got. I'd love you to put your vessel thing down on the floor now. And how does that feel? Always, always better. Let's give these men a huge clap. And well done in not changing your arms over. It doesn't matter how big or small, doesn't matter, hurt is going to hurt. And we always have an action that we must take, and that is forgiveness. Do you know what, like, um, like with those guys as they were holding it up, it would have really hurt your arm, hey? Yep, and you would have really wanted to like, probably your back and all that, depends how strong you are. But what I'm saying is, when we get hurt and we carry unforgiveness, it affects the body. It affects the body of Christ. When you're walking in unforgiveness and you're holding on to things, it affects all of us because we are the body of Christ. So we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And I want you to think about right now just your own life. Uh, Maybe you are newly wed. Maybe you've been married for many years. There might be friends in your life, um, even in your workplace, even possibly in your church. And maybe you've got some things that people have hurt you, hurt or said to you, and you've been carrying on to those offences and haven't had the heart of forgiveness. Have you seen the way that you love? 
Have you forgiven those people in those different circles? Maybe a couple of years ago you were in this position of walking at a different pace and just over time you just slowly regressed a little bit to a sitting position where, hey, when someone's hurt me and you put this really big guard up and it's like if someone's hurt me and you really hold on to it, but maybe in your life you've just started to see that little, you know, sway of, okay, nah, I'm not going to forgive them and I'm just going to... Yeah, keep holding on to it. It hurts. It hurts your body and it hurts the body of Christ. Um, if Lisa would love to come up and play keys, that would be amazing. In Matthew 8, 21 to 22, Jesus was asked this question. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or my sisters who sin against me? Up to seven times, which is quite a lot, hey? Then Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Other translations say 70 times seven, which equals 490 times. Now, Jesus, in this, when he was speaking, wasn't giving a literal number. So I don't want you to go away thinking, okay, I have now forgiven this person. They've said this to me. It's 489 times. Yes, one more time, and then I'll never have to forgive him again. He's giving a literal, he's wanting, he's giving, not giving a literal number, he's wanting to drive home a point that you and I have sinned, but I have done a deed for you, have paid the greatest price for you, that if I can forgive you, if I can forgive this whole mankind, you can forgive your brother, you can forgive your sister. You know those times when um, you've been hurt, um, pastors get hurt too, just let you know that. Everyone gets hurt. And sometimes those feelings come back over a course of time. Sometimes it's those little triggers or those little reminders that you like, you think you've dealt with it, but then it's like, oh, I just saw a picture of them on Facebook or something called that someone says something and then that stirs in you that little bit of hurt again. This is those moments when you start to feel those triggers or you start to feel that hurt. That's when you must stop and say, God, I choose forgiveness. I forgive that person for what they have done. I forgive them. Maybe it's those harsh words that someone spoke to you. Maybe it's a broken promise, that job promotion or an opportunity in life that just didn't happen. And for you, you're holding that unforgiveness. Maybe for you, it's the expectations that you had, but they're not met. Maybe it's those harsh words that you've said between your husband and your wife and you still remember them. Maybe it's the parent or the child and as a parent, maybe you've slammed your door and you're a kid and you're like, oh, I remember that time when mum said that or dad said that. Or maybe there's just all these different things. You could, the list could just go on and on and on. But you know in yourself when you're holding on to something and it's just that little niggling voice that just keeps coming back. But you know what? Don't ignore that little niggling voice. When that moment comes, say, I choose forgiveness. You know, in time, and I've seen it happen in my own life, one day as you keep forgiving and you keep surrendering it and you keep giving it to God, you're going to come into maybe a face-to-face -face encounter or you see Him. And the beautiful thing is, as you keep choosing forgiveness, you no longer have that issue or that thing with that person anymore. And you're walking in freedom and you're walking in life because that is the great grace of God that as we choose forgiveness, we no longer hold that for that person anymore. 
See, we have a God that has showed forgiveness to us. He died on the cross for my sins. He's died on the cross for your sins. He's died on the cross for all mankind. See, when we ask forgiveness, because we have to ask for forgiveness too, don't we, to God. We can look at ourselves and we can see ourselves in this mess or we can look at ourselves and see us like sitting in this mud. But when God looks at us, He looks looks at us with wholeness, with purity and beauty. And there's this beautiful voice um, verse in the Bible that says this, Psalms 103, verse 8 to 13. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbour His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. And as a father has compassion, Compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. We experience this great freedom, we experience this great life because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And just right now, I'd love you just to close your eyes in this moment. of this service we're going to have some time for me for you if you would love someone to stand with you but in this moment maybe just you're just sitting in this place and I just ask you like Holy Spirit is there things that I've been harboring or holding that I need to let that person be released and forgiven and as the Holy Spirit just speaks to you I just want you just to in your seat just say Lord I release them I forgive them Holy Spirit you're in this place Lord Come and speak and minister, Lord. Because we want to be your church. We are your bride. We are your people, Lord. And Lord, we don't want sin to disqualify us from your, your freedom and your forgiveness because it says we must forgive because you first forgave us, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, right now that you're speaking, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're speaking, Lord. to you Jesus I choose forgiveness and you yet don't know Jesus and you're saying you know what you don't know my past you don't know the things that I've done no I don't know but he knows he's seen it but yet in all our mess and all this mud he says I long to be in relationship with you that I died on the cross for you to forgive you of your sins that you would walk closely with me And if you're in this place and would love to know the Lord in a close and intimate relationship, I'd love to invite you to lift up your hand and acknowledge and ask Him into your life right now. Thank you, Jesus. And if you would, I'd just love to invite you to lift up your hand if you're in this place. Thank you, Jesus.
say a prayer all together, inviting um, the Lord into our heart. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life to be Lord and Saviour. I'm sorry. I repent of the things that I've done wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I make you Lord and Saviour of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In the Psalms 1 um, verse that we read earlier, there is a promise to those that choose to walk in the path of righteousness. I'll just quickly read it. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way that the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in seasons and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. And as we as people, as Christ followers, as we take the path of righteousness, you know what, we're not perfect. We're sometimes going to take the wrong path, but the grace of God. But as we choose to follow Christ and choose not to sit or choose to stand or walk in pace with others, then the fruit of our lives will overflow and you will prosper. And that is a promise from God. And right now we're just going to go back into a song. And I'd just love to invite you to stand um, right now. And the prayer team is going to be ready to pray with you because maybe in your life you haven't been able to forgive yourself. Or maybe you're in a place of just the wrestle of, God, you don't know what I've done. Or how could anyone um, like me or want to know me because of these things? Or maybe you're in a place of like, really struggling to um, because maybe situations have happened in your life and you're like how did God even allow this to happen but right now in this place because sometimes we just need the power of agreement of someone to walk with you you don't have to go into details when you're down here but just allowing that person to stand with you but I really want to encourage you over this week often we come to those roads those crossroads are making a decision of whether it's choosing forgiveness choosing to love but when you get to those places that place can I encourage you choose the path of righteousness because God has the best for your life that you will prosper that you will have fruit in all 